Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy! I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler-Hogan. We met as actors on the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on... And around... A bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hello, Malin. Hi there, Kelly. How's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? Did you have a good 4th of July? I did. As you know, it's not really a big holiday for me, but I enjoyed, you know, I actually went to the beach and I had had a nice time there. Mm -hmm. No, isn't that fun? Now, which one? Jog my memory, which is the best LA beach for you? Are you are you out in Malibu? Are you are you doing yep. it out in Malibu? Or yeah, we went out to Malibu, John Ugh. and I, and it's just you know I will say because I live well I won't say exactly where I live but right it's like twenty That's degrees cooler too. over on the west side out in Malibu right. so I had to kind of get out there to escape the heat and yeah it was crowded because you got those fourth crowds people Ugh, of people course. just love that holiday I guess but yeah but I had a nice time how about you what did you and the girls do for the fourth you know what we headed upstate um, to you know my mother has another house there. So we went up there oh, and right. yeah, and the Finger Lakes and just had a really nice time. Just the, the four of us, it was a bit of a, a girl's week. Oh, that's so nice. So mm-hmm. nice for your mom to get to spend time with her granddaughters. Yeah. She really hasn't gotten that in a while as I've been on vacation and then sort of wrapped up in my own stuff, but actually really nice to talk it out with her and get some closure on my divorce. Um, mm. I will say she had never been a, a huge fan of Derek's to begin with right? and uh, certainly not a fan of the way he treated me towards the end and the way things ended. So it was really nice mm-hmm. to, you know, bond the little girl power bonding, a little hating on men a little bit. It was very nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Love that mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Finger likes. Why? Why is it called that? Because they're skinny like fingers. They're all very oh. long and. Okay, I need a visual. Wow, okay. Yeah. How Take fun. a second. Look it up. It's they're charming and they're sort of dotted all about the landscape of New York north of the city and we always forget we have this spectacular nature available within a drive of, you know, an hour or two if we want. So. It's so true. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be driving in Los Angeles and have the same sort of realization. I see mountains off in the distance and I think, "You know what? This is this is a beautiful place." Mhm. And then I got to get my eyes back on the road. But right, back on the road. I don't want to swerve. No, 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 no. But I'm glad we both enjoyed our fourths. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to our interview today. This is a friend we haven't caught up with in quite a while. Yes. And speaking of, you know, beauty and grandeur of our natural surroundings, this person brought a lot of beauty to the project of riding around. And that's something we're oh, yeah. excited to talk to him about today. He brought a lot of beauty and specifically musical beauty here to talk with us today about season three episode 16 of the show and just about his experience working on the show in general please welcome to the podcast the show's composer clive turkaloo oh kelly mullen it is so wonderful to be here you honor me so much although i do i do want to be maybe a little humble right now Mm -hmm. and say that uh, while i did compose most of the music on the show my title was assistant composer on the show because you you know how that worked is that the original composer you know was arrested by interpol 
like very right. early on the in the production. Sure, right. sure, right. And they couldn't take his name off the credits. Right, amazing. I mean, that guy's lawyers must have been great. Yeah, very ironclad contract. Even though he was working with the Yakuza very like deeply in their network. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason we haven't brought him up before, and it's because mm-hmm. we're terrified. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, please, trying to keep the Yakuza away from my family, and definitely Malin's family, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely mine as well. Yeah. And yours, too, Clive. I mean, that's that's pretty scary shoes to fill, but in our minds, you were the composer for the show. Yeah, it was a pretty last-minute uh, you know, decision to, to bring me on. The showrunner of Riding Around, Diana, is my longtime girlfriend ever... You know, ever since our Chicago days in the play Chicago. Right. One of my favorites. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have the honor of seeing the production that you two were working on together when you met. But I mean, wow, what a, a great show. And you know what I was realizing recently? A great film adaptation. One of the few mm-hmm. musical film adaptations that I find very successful and satisfying. What a film. As a man, I don't watch many movies. You know, it's a man thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I have not heard that. And in fact, I'm going to challenge you, Clive, and say the opposite. <laughs> I feel that the men in my life sort of can't stop talking about movies well, and about film and film culture and who made what and when it came out and the year it debuted at Cannes and blah, blah, blah. And I think I'm sort of not interested in that. I'm a TV woman myself. But an interesting observation from you that, yeah, that you think maybe the opposite. I have a lot of controversial opinions about masculinity, I think. (laughs) You know, having a beard is weak. It shows weakness. You're not comfortable in exposing yourself. Mm -hmm. Liking movies is is a crutch for men Mm because you're not willing to commit to more than two to three hours at a time to a fictional (gasps) universe. Wow. Okay, and so is that sort of what drew you to working in television, the idea that you get to shape these episodes year after year for audiences? Yeah, I would say that's one part. It's it's also that my girlfriend works in TV and, you know, a, a lot of people say, Clive, you, your only jobs have ever come from projects your girlfriend was intimately involved in. Mm. And a, a lot of people say that I'm I'm sort of like some kind of Nepo boyfriend or something. Oh, oh, that's such hurtful language. That's rude because you're really good. I am really good. Uh, it's, I, I believe so. But I, I think only working with your girlfriend is a matter of, you know, standing by your woman. Yeah. So uh. would you say that is a masculine practice then? It's a masculine practice to, to not accept work that doesn't involve your life partner. So you're turning down jobs. I'm turning down jobs left and right. So take that, people who are calling you a Nepo boyfriend. Yeah. Clive has other opportunities. He's just passing them up. I've been asked to make music for a lot of porn, and I say <laughs> no every time. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you, wow. Oh, so not well, really in the like uh, film and TV sense as, as we think of it traditionally, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe that's for me to work on and kind of expand. Maybe I should be more inclusive of the adult film the adult category. Mm-hmm. Yes. And actually, I imagine, the, you know, at least this, the stuff that I've seen, and I may ask for this to be taken out <laughs> afterwards because I don't <laughs> want my girls to discover that I have at any point ventured into pornography, but I will say the stuff I've seen could only be enhanced by a musical score and some sense of you know mm-hmm. story building and development other than just you know here i am with the pizza box and it's not pizza inside no right no it never is it's never pizza you, you you're always so dis- it's like uh you know anti-climax and such mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
It's part of why I don't like porn. It's the same reason as movies. You're only investing in the fictional world for such a limited amount of time. Right, right. And sometimes I find it's even hard to just finish the entire film as it's intended. And I may also cut this out. But, (laughs) you know, how often are we watching truly start to finish for the entire film? Right. Right. Or are we just looking at clips and things? And again, this might might be removed from the episode. Right. Right. You know, I think what porn is really missing is long form narrative structure. I think yes. that would do a lot to the medium. That that's why I I have in my early days I did work on a few pornographic video games. Oh wow! Oh, Innovative. No, you're speaking a language that I don't know. A pornographic video game. Before I met Diana, I I, I did dabble in a, a lot of the early '90s porn video game scene. Uh, it was mostly parodies. Okay. Like Street Fucker. Uh, oh, oh! So Street it's not, Fighter. Okay. Yes, I understand. Okay, so it's porn that's parodying video games, and not the other way around. It's not a, a video game where you have sex. The the works were sort of poor phasmials of the games with a lot of like dongs and uh, clitorises mm-hmm. and such. I see. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's the first time that word's been used on this <laughs> podcast. I think, and isn't that funny that it's taken three seasons. Yeah. Wow. Clive, (laughs) now I have to just get this out of the way. Mm -hmm. I think neither Malin nor I was aware that you were dating our boss until, I'm going to say season four. Yeah. Of us shooting, riding around. Sort of around when Diana was leaving and she Mm -hmm. kind of made that big scene about, Clive, you're coming too. Mm -hmm. And we're like, Mm -hmm. why? Why would he also go with you? And then lo and behold, it's because you're in a, maybe at that point, decade long yeah, a decade-long you know relationship since our Chicago days uh, here in New York in the play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, confusing. That's that's confusing for me to get my head around. Mm-hmm. Yes, Chicago, mm-hmm. New York. So you said here in New York. Are you yourself in New York right now, Clive? I am in New York right now because uh, I'm at my boy's wedding. My boy <laughs> Donovan. Uh, mm. Oh, congratulation! <laughs> Did you just say congratulation? Singular. Yeah, I'd cut the S off. Kelly, you've met Donovan's partner. He's a, a nightmare. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> I understand what you're talking about. Right. So that oh. was just the one the one because I don't have multiple congratulations to offer them, unfortunately. I oh, think okay. that partnership is doomed to fail. But yeah. it's always lovely to attend a wedding. I think regardless of whether you believe in the longevity in of the their couple marriage, or not. Yes. Yeah. It's a nice mm-hmm. it's nice to get dressed up, have a couple cocktails and spin around the dance floor. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of spinning. And I, I am the DJ for the wedding also. So I, it's a oh. lot of spinning. Oh, that's great. You know, could I just rewind us a little bit? I wanted to know how you felt about Diana not revealing to everyone or maybe not wanting it public that you two were a couple for the first three seasons of the show. Is that right. hurtful? Well, Diana's always said that she does not believe in labels Mm-hmm. And that even even at the time when we qualified for a domestic partnership, she said, no, I the I think it would diminish what we have for the law to recognize it in any way. Oh, isn't oh. that interesting? OK, so she's always been a bit of an iconoclast and yeah, and that extended to her personal life as well, which we knew because and I hope I'm not telling tales out of school here. It was talked about on the podcast, which is available to the public. So hopefully this isn't new information for you, but it was revealed to us by our, our hair and makeup supervisor is that they had a, a bit of a fling. Well, 
they were working on the show together. And that was sort of news to both of us. Mm -hmm. So, so the lines were a little blurry and things stayed a little fluid between you two. And that's the way you liked it. It sounds like I wouldn't say it's the way I like it, but it's the way Diana likes it. And she's Mm -hmm. my woman. I stand by her, uh, no matter what. Um, but you know, we all have, we both have our, our dalliances and interests. Like, you know, she does like having sex and I, I sort of don't on Mm -hmm. the most part. And, uh, but you know, she does, she does let me, uh, have my little, you know, picadillos and such. I, I do have a, you know, I have a very keen interest in, uh, like animal husbandry and, you know, raising animals. And she does let me have that in our home to a certain extent. Oh, that's nice. So that's, but that's not a sexual thing. That's an interest. No, no, that you that's have. that's just a regular interest, uh, right. not a sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't have too many sexual interests, uh, other than, of course, my girlfriend. And uh, mm-hmm. well, listen, we don't need to hold too close a candle to your <laughs> relationship here. And apologies if any of this has felt intrusive. It's it's all just very fascinating the way that people work things out. And I think, especially, you know, I don't know if you heard in the intro, I'm in the middle of a divorce, sort of a nasty mm-hmm. divorce from my ex husband, and I've really done an about face on just being very comfortable talking about it for a lot of people to consume. And I think that's healthy. I think it's good to share that way with a lot of people. And mm-hmm. um, it makes me feel good to get that information about him out into the world before he can spread some sort of narrative about me. We love Diana, but we want to remain a neutral space for you too, for everyone yes. on the show to come and feel comfortable to talk. So, you know, if there's any more that you, you want to share as we record the episode, any other memories that come up, feel free to. And that's all I have to say about that. It's like Diana always says is is that the most open a relationship can be is to is to mostly be silent about it. Mm. Oh, interesting. And to, you know, just, you know, be there for each other to silently support and mm. maybe don't acknowledge at times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how yeah. you know you're secure. Right. You don't need that constant reassurance of her telling people, we're together, we're together. Really? It's like, yeah. I know, so why does everyone else need to know? Mm-hmm. So can we ask you about your process for composing the music on the show? I mean, how do you, I can't, my brain is so thoroughly unmusical. I have no idea how someone sits down to an instrument and, and creates music from it. Well, well, a lot of times I start with like what the, what the feel of the character is like, uh, Kelly, I thought when I was composing your character's little like theme of themselves, I, I was looking at footage and and I was thinking like Kelly's character seems very like bird like. So like. (gasps) Yes. Let's make this very sing-songy, oh, very isn't that fun? and chirpy. And that really comes through in the music. Wow. Okay, and what was Mullins? Did you have an animal inspiration or was it <laughs> No, it was I, I was thinking when I saw Mullin uh in one of her, her first scenes, I think, where she I think she she grabs into a bag for a sandwich at some point. Okay, mm-hmm. yes. Yes, that's uh, yeah, I remember that. I, 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 I it made me think of claw machine and like 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 those and oh. like and like the sounds of an old arcade and even <gasps> though it doesn't even if though it doesn't oh. sound like that you can you can hear the the no, bleep yeah. looping inspiration in Mullen's theme a little. I can. Oh wow. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna have to go back and watch again from the beginning with all this new information about each of the characters. That's so. I mean, and you're composing for the ten regular riders of the bus plus Tom the driver. Mm-hmm. It, who else got their own little sting? Was it just those sort of 11 variants or did, were there more? 
Uh, some music in the show becomes character themes. There was a, a character that became a recurring guest and there was a moment in the show where she was like plotting an evil plan mm-hmm. and we made a sting for that. When when her character would be reintroduced, we would do a, a mellowed out version of that like sting as like a, a, a thing of the character. Right, a little motif. Yeah, remember me. Remember Here's me, this you. is the sting, yeah. but we've done it in a cute way because the character is entering the scene in a non-threatening way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is truly fascinating. And I mean, in terms of your own musical education and background, how'd you learn to do the things you know how to do? Were you a musician as a child? Did your parents have you learn to play any instruments growing up? Yeah, I was, a, I, I did a lot of music as a child. My family did work in like a brass factory. My mom was the owner. My, uh, my dad was the, the person who made most of the brass into shapes. Wow. wow. My dad made his own, uh, you know, saxophone. Wow. For, for me as a child, he made a tiny saxophone for me as a baby. Wow. Oh, isn't that sweet? And that's where I got my uh, start, just playing these uh, instruments my dad made. And I became like a real multi-instrumentalist. It's kind of what I mo- did most of the school. Wow. I found myself playing in, like in uh, orchestras in, uh, in, you know, early young adulthood. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's, and, you know, I ended up in like pit orchestras. I was in Chicago and that's where I met Diana. Wow. I was looking up your IMDb the other day to do some research for this episode, and I didn't realize you went to Berklee School of Music. How prestigious. But it makes a lot of sense. It sounds totally. like you, you were primed for musical success from the very start. Although I have to say, a saxophone for a child, I mean, that's a requires a, a set of lungs, no? I think a lot of why my parents like kind of really focused on music for me is that I was pushing in and pulling out a lot of air from an early age. Yeah, yeah crying a lot or no as in like kind of literally almost like vacuum like in like almost oh. disturbing way wow. of, um, oh and they said stick an alto sax in there and yeah. let's see what happens very it's like instead of crying i would just be breathing a lot as a child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which um the doctors found disturbing yeah mm-hmm. yeah he doesn't seem to to desire help uh from other people at all he uh-huh. just he just wants to breathe and don't we all yeah, yeah, sounds perfectly relatable to me, actually. Which is, you know, I think has informed my life as a philosophy ever since, is that I just want to breathe. I don't want to rock yeah. the boat. I don't want to be a 100%. prick to anyone. Mm-hmm. Before we get too far, I want to just touch on the synopsis of this episode, which I feel like we barely even need to talk about here. But right. Kelly, would you like to read episode 316 synopsis? Oh, happy to. Tom and Rudy call a truce on the enforcement of the city's new food rules, and Marsha holds a campaign event on the bus. So I watched this with a little bit of a musical lens last night, preparing mm-hmm. for this, and you did a really fun thing when Tom and Rudy do that handshake, I noticed. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a blending of, I guess, their two themes. At least that's what I, you know, as someone who doesn't know anything, that's what I took it to be. Is that kind of what you did with that? Yeah, Tom, Tom's theme is very, like, going up, because, you know, I, I always saw him as going up in life. It's like, bum, ba da da and it, mm-hmm. like, is, like, the little sting, like, like when he's, you'll see sometimes when he walks in a room, and, like, Rudy's very, like, he's, it's, like, very, he's in his way, so it's sort of monotone, like, ba 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 and so it's, it sort I sort of did the, did the musical line up with his rhythm, so it, it's like, uh, ba, 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 ba. 
Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is incredible. I'm, I know. Uh, we have a lot of talented people appear on this show, but I'm, I just am continually blown away by Look, the skill set. What I have. do is nothing compared to acting. I think acting oh, is no. such an art. What's incredible about, I think, actors is that they don't need to be good, but they choose to be. Mm, uh, yeah. Okay, speak on that. Yeah, say more. Is that is that to have a camera in front of your face and just speak words? Mm-hmm. Anyone could do it. It's, right. Okay, so that's technically sufficient, right? Right. Reading but the they, lines. But the actors choose to be good at it, which I think is uh, admirable. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, a lot of moments in my life where I'm doing something adequately uh, and I didn't choose to be good at it. Interesting. Oh, no. Isn't I've that never interesting? viewed my craft that way, but I guess I am making a choice when I show up to work. I think I'll be good today. Yeah, yeah. I guess I am doing that in a way that never felt conscious before you've just underlined it so helpfully here. To do music, it has to be good every time. Otherwise, people say, that fucking sucks. Yes. Right. Yes. You do know what that's like. You show up every day and you have to bring it because otherwise people say, oof, sounds like a tin can hitting a, a brick and not, oh, that's melodic. Oh, that makes me feel emotions, Mm -hmm. you know. I know I haven't tried because there was one time where we were, we were part of, I was part of a pit orchestra and the conductor was, had, had recently gone deaf and I was, I was not playing well. I was not, cause I was like, I can coast. This guy doesn't fucking know I'm I'm being bad. Mm. And, and what about the audience there? No consideration for them? Well, they're stupid. uh, So they don't notice. I don't want to disparage audience, but they often don't know what they like and what's good. You got to show them. You got to so, tell the audience what's mm-hmm, good to yeah. know what's good. It was it was also a kids play. It was uh, it was Romeo and Juliet for for kids. Wow. Um, oh, with a full yeah, pit okay, orchestra. So, wow, full pit orchestra for that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, Clive. I understand you've brought some music to maybe play for us today. Yeah, I, yes. I brought some music that was cut from the show. <gasps> Oh my wow. gosh, what a treat. And this is another case, Mullen, for that Patreon. Because, uh, gosh, what a fun yes. behind-the-scenes exclusive we have got to try to get Yeah, if only you up. could have paid all this. This would have been I know, great. I know. Well, maybe if we do start the Patreon, we'll put the MP3s available on the Patreon. Yes, you could download them. Make them your ringtone. Okay. We're still an opportunity to, to monetize this. But mm-hmm. yeah, Clive, hit us with what you got. This is really exciting. All right. Can't read my, can't read my, can't read my poker face. Can't read my, can't read my, can't read my poker face. Can't read my, can't read my, can't read my poker face. Can't read my, can't read my, can't read my poker face. Okay, so a little play on Lady Gaga's poker face, or is this just parallel thing i'm uh, trying to think what year that song came right out. yeah let me tell you the the story behind uh this piece of music is that there was a season four episode where they wanted to parody well no they didn't want to parody they wanted to use poker face mm-hmm. okay understandable great song oh, great, great song banger. lady gaga did not uh give them the rights so they they tasked me with making 
the musical backing to a Weird Al parody they would write later. Oh, (sighs) yes. Okay, I hear it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They told me to not listen to what the music of the song is and just look up the lyrics so that mm-hmm. they would be as distinct from Lady Gaga as possible to avoid getting sued. Yeah, and I oh. think you did that because it yes. took me a minute to put together, oh, he's saying poker face, because that's your right. voice, right? That is my voice. Uh-huh. Uh, it's for the demo. Oh, right. right. So, so you w- would record it yourself as a demo, and then you hand it over at that point? Hand it over to legal and okay. uh, the supervisors and such and the writers. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Got it. Incredible. And what was the instrument there on the... It was the bass clarinet. Okay, I've, I freaking thought so. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my it's one of my signature instruments. It's, it's a lot of the signature sound of riding around is bass clarinet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, Mullen, did, were you a bass clarinet player? No, I, I played the bassoon, so I was often seated quite close to the bass clarinet and sharing a lot of parts in uh, my younger... Uh, Youth the bassoon is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wow. haven't played Look in, at her getting in years. <laughs> I haven't yeah. played in years, but yeah, but played clarinet before that. And if it wasn't the bassoon, it would have been the bass clarinet. So uh, it's it's a sound I love. Yeah, it has a ha- yeah sort of a haunting quality, but also very. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say a, a honking quality because I think it no. has both. I think it has both, and I no, that's a compliment. You can really blast that that mother. <laughs> You know, in yeah. my opinion, so it is. It, it's ha- it's honking. It can be haunting. You can make it real scary if you want. I felt mm. when I was listening to it, aside from the poker face part, I felt like, <laughs> oh, I'm on an adventure through the woods, and maybe there's a witch yes. in the woods. Oh, yes. yeah. That that's sort of. I uh, I think the episode in question they were thinking of using it for did in- involve like a, a chase scene uh, from you know some casino bandits, and I think that's why they wanted yep. to use poker face. Oh, the Casino Bandit <gasps> episode, yes. yes. Those rascals get on the bus and mm-hmm. a chase ensues. Kind of fun, right. actually. A little right. action sequence, which we didn't get a lot of on And a lot around. of, like, cutting satire about gambling. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, who knew the writer's room had such a strong stance on, such a strong pro-gambling stance. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, you got to expect that from Madame Russo, you know, who's from the Philly area. You got to assume he spent a lot of time in Atlantic City growing up mm-hmm, uh, on those mm-hmm. on those machines and at those tables. So maybe not as surprising as we think. But OK, play us another sample because I'm yeah, getting this was so, so excited. Fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this this is a very early season uh, one. Uh, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll tell the story after. My neck, my back. Lick my pussy and my crack My neck, my back Lick my pussy and my crack My neck, my back Lick my pussy and my crack uh. Yeah, so this one was sounding pretty f- pretty faithful to the original uh-huh. Or am I crazy? It's been a minute since I've heard the original mm-hmm. This one they did get the rights to uh, My Neck, My Back mm-hmm. In early season episode <laughs> They kind of tasked me with making like a sad version of it because it was for a, a you know oh. a funeral uh, in the show. Mm. Oh right, and so then when we cut that funeral, the song right. had to go. The song, yeah. Oh, okay, bummer because that's that's really interesting. That's really. Do you remember? Because I don't remember. I mean, I'm sure we did maybe a table reader of, of this scene at some point, but why specifically this song for the funeral? Do you well, remember the deceased or details? 
I think I think the person had died in a very sexual incident. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So I can and, see legal coming in and being like, eh, not doing yeah, that. No. Yeah. I think I think they did die. They died having sex. Yeah. Eating it's, pussy. <laughs> oh, okay. I think that was the flawed idea. I think standards oh, wow. of practice makes it. Yeah, yeah. So that's some of Diana's couch fest background, maybe peeking through a bit. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was also that it was confusing because I think in the show they say the that uh, this character had overdosed on pussy and <laughs> oh wow I mean, I mean that's just never gonna fly on a network sitcom let's be right. I yeah. get that the writers have to try things Diana is always pushing boundaries of course but kind of a waste of your time honestly Clive right. to have to compose something that you know you must have known sitting down to do that this is not making it past S and P right is that frustrating for you at all. You know, there's a lot of stuff you get tasked with. And it's just like, I know this is never going to end up in the show. And sometimes it did seem like I was given things that people just used in their personal life. Well, I know at one point I did come to you and ask you when my daughter was born to write up a little ditty for the post-baptism party. And think and hearing you describe that now is like an outside of where I'm like, of course it was not appropriate of me uh, yeah. to do that. But we were spending so much time on set as a group and it just felt like, well, of course I'm going to ask Mary Kotak to custom make a dress for my daughter's yeah, christening. Right. And then of course I'm going to go to Clive and ask for a little birth song. Right. And, and and sometimes you ask, can I take this prop home? And, you know, and, you know, right. Ooh, and we know what would happen. You get a no. You always yeah. get a no from Pat. Yeah. Slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a lot of like little knickknacks I really wanted to take home. Like there was this Matroiska doll I really wanted because I because mm. mm. I banged on it a little and it was a sound I, I really wanted for a project I was working on. Oh, wow. So really anything can be an instrument. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Do you have any more um, little samples for us? I have. I have one more. Uh, I hate to be oh. a, a greedy guts, but wow, that, how fun! Yeah. This piece has a very like, you know, I would say kind of a funny story. It's mm-hmm. I made it for uh, one of, you know, one of the wedding episodes in season six. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's interesting because it, it sort of it sort of was already cut from something else I did. Uh, I, I This is the song I uh, this song I played while proposing to Diana. <gasps> And oh. and she, you know, she did say no. Uh, right, right, right. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll I'll use this in uh, the show. And Diana said, no, it. I I don't. I think you can do better. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, listen, the show was great because she was that sort of demanding mm-hmm. uh, taskmaster type of boss. But I have to imagine, especially as a romantic partner, that's got to be hard to hear. And but wow, a really beautiful little melody there. Yeah, I loved it. I think I would have. I would have said yes. <laughs> yeah. At my next wedding, I'll maybe I'll walk down the aisle to that. Um, uh, I would have conflicted feelings about that, but... Oh, okay. but, oh yeah. sure. Well, yeah, we'd have to obviously check in with you. And right. I don't know why I'm saying we, because it won't be my wedding. But 
Well, um, but you're going to help you plan it, I oh, hope. Oh, of course. Yeah. Gosh, I'm right. And, and talking there, about? Are, there are vow renewals. There are vow renewals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could always yeah. do that. Yeah. Yes. Molly, yeah, you and John. I, Clive willing, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you Clive know, maybe willing. I'd ask for a, a custom, to be honest. And, and yeah. pay yeah. you, of course. Of course. Right. Yeah, are you are you composing much these days? I know that we've talked a little bit, and you do have to turn down a fair amount of work. Right. You know, I do. I have set up a, a cameo. Mm-hmm. Now, isn't that fun? <laughs> and what a unique way to use cameo! I feel most of the cameos I see. Mullen, are you on cameo? I myself am not. I, no, but I I'm thinking about it. I, you know, just Feels, exploring yeah. other income streams, especially as we prepare to strike. Yeah, right. Yeah, could be something to look into. Make a couple bucks, yeah. and you get to connect yeah. with the fans, which of course is something we love so much about this podcast. Because yeah. I know a lot of our friends from the office are on there, and yes. I think they're doing quite well. So it's yeah. definitely something for us to consider. Right. So, Clive, you're on there. How's your experience been? I would say, uh, you know, mostly positive. I think there is a strange thing where one person keeps asking for cameos from me. Oh, a fan. It's, and I'm not sure he's a fan. It's, <sighs> um, it's Horatio Sands. Oh, uh, oh, yikes! I, and um, uh, 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 I feel very uh, weird uh, accepting <laughs> money from that. Right, he's very yeah. compromised right now, as I understand. So- he's what kind of requests is he making of you? Uh, he mostly he mostly is just asking. It's like, can you can you uh, say I'm a good guy and put music under it? Oh, uh, oh, which is like, um, you can make a cameo private. So I have been doing that because I <laughs> I, I will accept the money, right? But you don't, mm. you know. I mean, he can't be using that in court or anything. That's not admissible. No. I would assume. I think- I think it's a personal thing because he keeps requesting it. Oh. Yeah, he needs to hear it in a new way every so often. Once every two weeks, he requests me to make a cameo that says he's a good guy. And he's not even bothering to use a pseudonym. He's just saying, hi, I'm Horatio Sands. Well, I imagine if you have to say Horatio Sands in the video, then... (gasps) Oh, yes. Or or is it second person? Are you saying you are a good person? See, yeah, I did request to not... Have to say his name in oh, the video. Okay, okay. And I it's think like, that's and smart. It's like, I think that's you are smart. you are a good person. You didn't do anything weird. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's still your friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, that oh, is wow. very kind of you, and I'm glad those are private. So, any listeners out there, don't go looking for those. It's yeah, right. they're not find out it. there. They're not out there. But listeners do. Go to Clive's Cameo and buy yourself a little treat or, you know, something for a loved one for, for their birthday. It's so easy to mm-hmm. get tied into the traditional gift giving, you know, I'll get her a candle or I'll get him mm-hmm. a, right. a tie. Get something a little special and throw money towards a deserving artist as you do it. Yes. Yes. Well, Clive, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Besides the Cameo, do you have anything right. you'd like to promote? I have to wait for Diana to to no, like uh, okay. for, to to publicly announce her projects for me to publicly announce mine. So okay, uh, we're, sure. We're waiting on that, but I do have uh, do have a nephew of mine. Uh, his name is uh, Connor Ozer. He's very funny. Oh, cool. Uh, and you know, just follow him on socials. His he got his name for all socials because it's not a very common name. Oh, love that. So it's C O N N E R O Z E R. Yes, that's correct. The most normal way to spell the name. Right. 
Well, we don't make judgments here about what's normal (laughs) and not, but Mm -hmm. Clive, it's been such a joy to have you and glad to know you have a nephew in your life who's also probably every bit as talented as you. Don't think so. I think he's, he, he could be better. Oh. Oh, better. Wow. Well, we have he to hope. He could be better. Yes. Oh, future he generations. could improve or he could be better than you. We have to wait for the nephew to surpass the uncle. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. As is tradition. Well, time give Diana it. our best the next yes. time you speak with her. Of course. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hack, hack.